Hello, everyone, and welcome to Note to Scene, a music news podcast covering everything from pop punk to metalcore. I'm Matt Crane. I'm Tyler Sharp. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, where every week we discuss all the biggest news stories in the music scene. Find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, where you should please rate and review us. Email us at notescene at gmail.com. So much to talk about this week. Big news from Blink-182 and State Champs. But first, we're going to talk about Neon King's Mayday Parade, who are back in 2018 with a new album, single, and record label. All right, let's go. Now, I think, like, Aaron has a point here when he says, you know, we are people, too. We read, we hurt. We also spent more time on a race me than any other record we ever made. Like, he has a point. Like, as a human, you know, not just a musician, he can be upset by criticism. And I think he's allowed to feel that way. But I also think this band kind of... You, you need to expect a certain amount of criticism when you're making this this big of a shift with your band. And I think Under Oath particularly have been insulated from this type of criticism most of their career. Absolutely. These dudes were the cred band, you know, like these dudes always went against the grain and put out the most remarkable music that, you know, it's in the top tier of our scene for sure. Yeah. It, it, it always, this band always rose to the top and we were able to rely on them to not abide by norms or like the tropes of emo and and the scene world and sorry what we're talking about here is uh aaron aaron gillespie called out well he called out a fan who basically accused under oath of selling out and um you know he sort of put up a sympathetic tweet about it and basically like every musician in the scene backed him up and uh said that the record's great and the fans need to like chill the fuck out i get it you know we did our episode uh we weren't <laughs> um you can go back and listen to it, but uh, we weren't 100% pleased with it. It's not the Under Oath album that either of us wanted necessarily. Yeah. But, um, you know, artists have, they're the ones providing the content for us to either enjoy or dismiss. I, I think that the artists just ultimately have to deal with what the fans are going to say. We're never going to live in a world where everything is just always awesome 100% of the time. So right. when, when you put your art out there into the world, you, you, it's there. You have to understand that it's there for people to critique it. Especially when you're making this, this big of a change. Right. You know, this exactly. is a huge change with it. And Under Oath fans like, tend to just worship this band. They've dealt, they haven't dealt with a lot of criticism with each move they've made. Like, I feel like your, your typical Under Oath diehard, when the band did make a stylistic shift was more likely to just kind of like chill out and ignore the band for a while rather than go at them. You know what I mean? Like well, there are plenty of Dallas heads out there that just were like, you know, this isn't for me anymore. I'm going to go listen to fucking Zayo or something, you know? Right. They, they have never been under siege from their fan base, so to speak, in the way they are now. Right. And it's just, you know, it was a big change. I mean, the, back then there was backlash from Dallas to Spencer, but the band was so small during the yeah. changing of time cycle 
that uh, it, did, it it was nowhere yeah. near where they're at now. And and when they changed from disambiguation to Lost in the Sound, we saw the sales cut. Nobody complained right. about Lost in the Sound of Separation. They just no fans became indifferent. Did. You know, Dude, and people didn't even really complain about disambiguation. Not at the all. Sales just cut. It's like this right. band, they've been immune to that level of criticism. But uh, we got we got to get going, Tyler. Unless you have anything else to add on this subject, it was just interesting. You know, I got to say one thing. A bunch of band members came to Aaron's defense, and that's cool. But um, did you see Telly from The Word Alive come to Aaron's defense? Yeah. He, you, you know oh, Telly was man. about to be oh, in those replies, God. man. You know he was dude, about to be there. It was just like he made it all about himself. You know that's what I mean? That's what he and, does, and, dude. That's what he and, does. And Telly's ultimate quote was like, you know, under oath and bands like them aren't ruining music. You, the fan, are ruining rock music. <laughs> He's like put the blame on the fall of rock we're seeing on the fan, not on bands like the word alive for making shitty music. Sorry, Telly, you know, bands like yours are the reason this scene is falling apart. It's not the fans fault. Absolutely. Give them good music. Yeah. Right. No. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on that word alive album, man. The whole podcast, man. 2400 first week. Like have fun opening up for fucking like Moss the Flames, man. Sit down. Sit down. Anything else, Tyler, on this? I don't think so. I am uh, under us, my band, and I'll always stand by them, but that doesn't mean I'm going to love every single move that they do. All so. right. Well, b- before we get going, I just I got to bring this up. You sent me a text the other day. <laughs> oh, um, God. It, it kind of <laughs> pretty much ruined my day. Oh, no. And, um, yeah. And it, it, this is Tyler Sharp being totally serious, audience. The text was somewhere along the lines of, on this day 10 years ago, Avril Lavigne's girlfriend became the number one single on the Billboard charts. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. <laughs> dude, and I throwing just started, it back, man. Dude, because that song was so huge. And like I started thinking about high school and that album, The Best Damn Thing. And during like Neon and, you know, late emo, like that was sort of the ultimate guilty pleasure album, wasn't it? That Avril album. Absolutely. Like that, the girlfriend music video was the first one to like break some YouTube record or something like oh, that. Really? I think it was like the highest streamed yeah. music video like for the longest time. Right, right. Until like Bieber and Katy Perry came along. But uh, that record was like a phenomenon, man. Like they, they totally. Uh, it was it's a fantastic from a pr standpoint it's one of the best pivots in all of like pop music <laughs> they captured the essence of what was going on in neon pop punk while remaining a pop artist that could dominate in top 40 market which and, is just and just the way you know like we have those first two avril records which are very those two records existed in a time where it was still considered taboo if you didn't have like a band backing you it, it was still cred if you had like guitars and you had musicians actually performing the music and right. uh she you know she pivoted and she kept some guitars but dude that's a pop record in and of itself I, I, man i don't want to spend too much time on this we really got it going but like i gotta say do we need to do an avril episode I, is that is that is an avril levine bonus episode like something we need to do i think it's 100 percent necessary with the comeback this year man the comeback, it's, it's, coming. it's coming it's coming all right, you know, we'll, all right we'll put it to the listeners listeners if you want an avril levine bonus episode <laughs> we can make that happen email note to scene at gmail.com and let us know if you want it um if you are strongly opposed to it email note to scene at gmail.com as well <laughs> all right tyler Let's move on and let's do a listener question. Um, This one comes in from listener Jordan K, 
who writes into note to scene at gmail.com. Jordan says, Hey, Tyler and Matt, do you think Avenged Sevenfold should have put the band to rest when the Rev passed away? Or do you think it's a good thing they're continuing on his memory? Being the only girl in my family to listen to this type of music, it's hard to really get an opinion. Thanks, guys. And I enjoy the show. I listen every day when I go to work and during work. Thanks, Jordan. We appreciate that. This is an interesting question. See, I don't and think this comes from an... I don't think we've ever talked about Avenged on the show before. <laughs> no, we haven't. But there's, you know, there's a legacy there, and there's a big scene. Oh connection. no, absolutely. Like, I'm you glad. know, I, yeah. I was one of those those psychopaths who like Waking the Fallen mm-hmm. was my fucking album. Like I played it for an entire summer. I just nerded out to that band and that album and that that whole time period. And and um, you know, the Reds drumming was a big part of it. But like this is this is super embarrassing. But like in the morning before, I think it was like eighth grade. Every morning before school, I used to watch the Unholy Confessions video to get pumped up. For <laughs> Every morning, I did it for like a year Hell straight. Yes. I would just Hell watch yes. that video, and I would just watch the guitar flips, and I'd watch the Rev flip his uh flip his drumsticks. You know, I was like, and I was just like, it was so cool. But um, you know, at the point, in all respect to the Rev, like the dude is seriously a great drummer, and just like go listen to City of Evil or listen to you know, Waking the Fallen, and you can hear it there. He's an amazing drummer. But at the point when he died, the band were, you know, they had already put out self-titled, which was a big pivot into just straight up radio rock, like straight up. And uh, like his uh, his presence like wasn't as felt anymore. And the band's audience, I don't really think knew as much about him as that old audience that, you know, were about those early Avenged records. And um, at this point, at that point, the band were just a business. So I think, you know, continuing on was was absolutely the right move, you know, for better or worse. I mean, since he's been gone, I think the music has gotten progressively worse, <laughs> worse and worse. That that first album without him, what was it called? Hail of the King? I think so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's awful. And it's only gotten worse since then. And it's not maybe it's not because of him. It's it's just because of M. Shadow's vision is like, let's get more generic. What do you think, T-Sharp? Yeah, man, I'm glad you led with this one because this has never, ever been my band. Like, to put Avenged dude, Sevenfold. Dude, shouts to my mom for not letting me get an A7X tattoo on my leg <laughs> oh, when I was 16. Because no. it could have happened, okay? <laughs> I'm so thankful it didn't. I know you were in the trenches for this band, so I'm glad we have your dude, perspective when you're like on it. 13, they were the coolest motherfuckers you had ever seen. I just, they were a little bit before my time. You know, yeah. by the time I dove headfirst in the scene, it was about 2008. And I do remember seeing a lot of Avenged Sevenfold music videos on Fuse and MTV2 and like the VH1 countdowns. Yeah, because, but, you know, City of Evil just, it was, I mean, that was their blow up record. Right. Backcountry, you gotta like Backcountry. Uh, I mean, dude, that song, that's the single. Like, uh, his voice is so nasally. I cannot get over it. I've never enjoyed this band. Uh, to put it in perspective, the only Avenged Sevenfold song I liked up until like maybe two years ago was Dear God. <laughs> no, turn your mic off. You don't like waking just the song? Turn your mic off, he says. Uh, no, you know, I'm just I'm just no, not a fan. Just leave it there. Just leave it I'm there. just not a fan. It's, this is not my band at all. Yeah. From a band perspective, you know, you, you work with bands. and uh, you Right. Know, you, I mean, what do you think? you think they made the right choice? Uh, sure. I don't think they should have ended it. To me, know? it just seems obvious. And I mean, not even on the level... I, I don't want to disrespect the Rev, but, you know, bands as from Led Zeppelin to, you know, to uh, Guns N' Roses have lost drummers and been fine. You know, it's right. the drummer is, is, not, is not going to end your band. 
is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough spot. But, I mean, we've we've seen so many bands, like you said. I mean, just Hawthorne Heights, you know. Bands continue on when members pass. And uh, for better or for worse. And Event Sevenfold have managed to continue their career at a, um, we'll say, slightly declining commercial relevance but uh with the last record in that whole right. release but they're still you know they're still a band of yeah exactly so i'm glad that this band didn't break up because uh they have a massive fan base and uh again for better or for worse they're still there for you yeah and that fan base is still there for bands like a day to remember to poach off of and try to <laughs> siphon up fans but um right. we got to hit our main story tyler sharp it's time Mayday Parade announced their sixth album, Sunnyland, out this June on Rise Records. To lead things off, the band dropped their new single, Piece of Your Heart. Tyler Sharp, have you had a chance to hear Piece of Your Heart yet? Our first taste of the new Mayday. Oh, I really wish I haven't. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish I had not heard this song. So right off the bat, literally the first 10 seconds of the song, that intro lead riff rips hard from a band called Need to Breathe song called Signature of Divine. Uh, They released that in like 2007 or 2008. I don't know if Mayday even knows that that band exists, but... If you listen to those two songs side by side, it's it's, it's a hard n- rip. Nearly note for it's note. It's a hard rip. Nearly note for note. Uh, they go. The song goes on. They got those shitty like whoa harmonies <laughs> that uh, Need to Breathe also love to do, but also bands such as the fucking like Lumineers and just like shitty indie alt radio bands. Um, at best, like this is a song that got cut from anywhere but here their second album (laughs) at best mayday parade just aren't anything if they don't have this like their youthful vigor that that first record a lesson in romantics has and this this song is completely void of it it's even worse than their last record and that record just wow Let's not even go into that at this point. But uh, I am at a four and a half out of ten on this, man. I will never revisit this song. (laughs) Mayday Parade are canceled. Okay, so I'm on a different side of you here. To me, the song, it's fine. Like, it's a competent song. I don't don't hate it. You know, it feels sort of like there's there's a shot at it alt radio here possibly and that's why we're seeing you know like a re-engineering of what the bands are doing um the woos which you know is always a roll of a dice if you're gonna have the woos in your song they work for me um speaking of ripoffs you know you mentioned that 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 intro ripoff um these woos if you play them um net right next to each next to um some nights by fun same damn well like it's that that same hipster thump so you know the band are just taking pieces from other bands and assembling you know something to channel Derek's voice through which at this point I'm fine man because this band's out of ideas um (laughs) like you know what I mean like whatever you know if if it like like that that band you brought up you know nobody really remembers them and if a tree falls in the forest you know kind of deal I'm I'm fine with them taking what they need to to get the music out this song's fine like i i did hit that check mark on spotify no I'm at about, you did not yeah. oh I, I am my at, god i am at about a seven out of ten on this one it, it's pretty baseline mayday but just sort of 
given that extra hipster thump to kick it up to some alt rate potential. Um, does, does Derek have a girlfriend? I, I'm about to walk off this show, man. Does Derek have a girlfriend? <laughs> I don't know, dude. He's got a fucking mustache right now. Dude, here's my thing. Cause like, you know, the song's all about like, you've he's only got a piece of this girl's heart, but he only, he wants the whole thing. And it's like, dude, man, like, have you, you know, experienced the love of a woman yet? Like he's still <laughs> writing these songs. Like, yo man, like, I know some girls. Like, I have friends, dude. Like, hit the DMs. I can play matchmaker. Like, oh, my you know, God. All that said, I don't really see this, you know, this song taking the band any further with it. <laughs> you know, I, the only real potential I found here was the song catching it all. If, you know, BMG decides to give it a little shove. That's kind of where I am. It, it, it's, it's mediocre. It's mediocre, decent. It works. I don't know. I'm not excited about it. I don't hate it. Like I said, it it's fine. Oh, man. This is a bad song. This is a really bad song, Matt. And uh, I think you put too much weight in artists' lyrics. I think you should, I think deep down, Derek has just been writing the same song for the last 10 years. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you look closely enough, Every single song has been the exact same. He's probably fucking married, man. Like these, these are all know? Jamie all over. It's just the same. <laughs> He's all, this band has only written one song. So Mayday Parade, right? You know, they can be just looking at their legacy is interesting. Because to me, like, they're really schlocky and gushy and like very melodramatic. Like of all the pop punk bands, this is they're kind of in a good way. Some would say they're very cringeworthy. You know what I mean? It's very oozy. Just like oozing out the romance to the point of like, ugh, you know, sometimes. Uh huh. It brings a lot of nostalgia back, though, when you think about them, because 2007, 2008, the Neon Invasion happened, and, you know, Mayday were at one point the biggest band of that scene. Um, everybody's MySpace profile was their name, and then in brackets, Mayday Parade. Like, I saw it happen. You know, mm-hmm. this band, they were everywhere. And uh, obviously that was the big part. You know, Romantics came out in 2007 on Fearless. And, and you love that record, Tyler. I think that's a scene classic. It was yeah. Straight up, I'm pretty sure that record's a scene classic. Just the dichotomy between Derek and Jason. There's just There was never another neon band that had that, that, that grit mm. that Jason provided to the songs. And from what I understand, he, he left the band before this album even came out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people remember that or realize how, how short Jason's stint in the band is or was, but yeah. how long his legacy has lasted through it because the band has never topped that record. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's funny to look yeah. back and see how see how things shook out. But uh yeah, I mean there was a time where MTV2 was playing Jamie all over every time I turned on the TV. Like, that music video yeah. was just in constant rotation. And, and it's a fantastic song. It just fit the era so well. And I looked away because, you know, I was all about from first to last and MCR, all these dark bands. I was all about the dark, you know, post-hardcore movement. And I, these bands, these neon bands really pissed me off. And Mayday Parade, I was just, they were everywhere. And I was like... Why are all your promo pics sunny? Why do you all look so happy? You know, it just drove me nuts. And I really ignored the band. But so in 09, though, they came back with uh, Anywhere But Here, which that was their first major label record that came out on Atlantic, right? Mm-hmm. People don't re- remember that either. Yeah. But that's a, that's a decent record. In hindsight, it is. When it was released, the backlash was real. 
we, everyone passes. missed Jason, man. Like everyone's yeah. like, where the hell is Jason? <laughs> so was it was one of those instantly noticeable things? Oh, absolutely. You still hear it in Mayday's music. It's like, where's Jason? Derek's just like Derek's voice is iconic of the yeah. neon era. When you hear it, you're like, oh, it's a Mayday song. Okay, where's Jason? He doesn't come in. <laughs> it's funny because like Go Radio just never. Re- got going really yeah, as I, far as hype goes and yeah. you know they never really made an impact you Which know i mean they weren't cause... it's not like they it was like the color fred or anything from taking back sunday but like they were a band but like you know they never got any bigger than like the dangerous summer yeah he tried to go jason took that a little bit too i don't want to say cred route but he was a little bit too experimental in their direction and you can tell just from those two albums um, I loved Go Radio. I was a big fan. That second album had, still I got they had bangers. Good songs. Yeah. I just, you know, I remember yeah. at AP having to cover the the Jason Lancaster solo album, like after Go Radio, oh, shit. and just nobody caring. And I nobody didn't even know that stories. happened. Yeah, and I was just like, you guys realize this guy's not. He's not as big as you think he is anymore. Like he he had his moment, you know, in 07, 08, but. It wasn't just wasn't there. wasn't there one song where he and Derek did together post Mayday? I'm pretty I sure. Didn't. I'm pretty sure you premiered it at All Press. <laughs> <laughs> That's how little I gave a shit. But, you know, as somebody who like revisited anywhere, but here, you know, at the time I totally rejected. It. I actually do. I really like the title track, and I actually like the song. I swear this time, you know, That's there's like an earnestness to those songs that I find sure. charming. I actually really do like it. I think it's a total failure of an album, but. No. In 2011, um, another made complicated major label album they put out, self the title. What was that like when that hit? I mean, was there backlash? People just not care anymore? Because we got to mention, as this goes on, the band's sales are probably going up and up and up somehow. Somehow. I, it's still, it's one so of the major scene mysteries. Here, anywhere But Here did about 15,000 copies first week. Self-titled did, I think, about 28,000 copies first week. But, like, what was their reaction like when that record dropped? So, right before that album, they put out the um, the Valdosta EP. And it had reworkings of songs from the first full length and the second full length. And at the very end, it had a song called Terrible Things. And that remains one of the fan favorites to this day of Mayday Parade's back catalog. And it, I felt like that song, for... For whatever reason, it just clicked, and it opened the door for Mayday to have the opportunity to have a comeback on their third record. Uh, and mm-hmm. when this album dropped, the self-titled one, they led with OLOL. And right when that dropped, people were like, hell yes. This hell feels yeah. like a lesson in romantics Mayday. Even so, without Jason, they they managed to pull off that sound again. So that kind of answers a question for me, like the a mystery I've long tried to figure out about this band. They captured some hype there, it sounds like, which mm-hmm. would explain in 2013, we were all a little taken aback at AP. Monsters in a Closet dropped, and the band had their biggest first week sales ever, 30,000 copies. They were selling out tours. They were like headline warp. They, were, they felt bigger than they had ever been in 2013. And it was crazy because ultimately that record seems like it didn't matter you know but when it it came out it sold really well the band were fucking killing it and then black lines came out in uh 20 2015 i just feel like the success of monsters in the closet was really from the good graces of self-titled that makes sense i mean that totally explains it and then um 
you know, ultimately there's nothing memorable really from Monsters in the clo- in the Closet, and <laughs> and Black Lines comes out, the dark Mayday album, yeah. and it totally flops. It sold fifteen thousand copies first week, half of what the last record sold. I mean, what were you thinking when that record came out, T Sharp? I was way over Mayday, man, at that point. <laughs> I remember um, I was at Riot Fest that summer, summer of 2015, when the, right after the album had dropped. And I remember walking by their set, and they were playing, um, I want to say they were playing Keep it, it was either Keep in Mind, that first single, or the one where Dan from Real Friends is on. And I just looked at them, and I just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's over. Like, I'm going to go watch literally any other band at this point. So that's kind of where we come to now is Black Lines was such a flop. Does the band have a chance here to rebound? Do they (laughs) can they matter? Can they be relevant? Do you see them having any any chance here, Tyler Sharp? Surviving? They just feel like they're of a different era. It's a you know, it's a tough thing. I mean, they are going to survive in their bubble. You yeah. know, like they're not going to break up after this album. I mean, who knows? Who knows what happens? But commercially, <laughs> they are sustainable for probably like two more cycles. At that point, you know, they're probably going to be down to like fucking 3K first week. But, uh, easy, easy. <laughs> dude, I'm just saying, we've seen some numbers lately, <laughs> I know, man. I know, man. It is well, not well here. We, but, we, um, we have seen some drive-by shootings for album sales for sure. But, um, but uh, okay, so ultimately, it's pretty early, but I think we have a good guess here. Where do you see the band coming in first week sales <laughs> for this record? The last one did 15, which was a big drop. Where do you see this new record coming oh, in? Oh my goodness. I'm going to say 8,500. Okay. I'm going with 12K. 12. Wow. I, that'll be success um, for me. Yeah. I, I I think I think the fan base is, is, is going to stick with them through this. And, you know, they're going to lose a little bit, but not too much. Anything else you want to add on Mayday, Tyler Sharp? Uh, rest in peace, Mayday. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Yo, Tyler does not like your new song, Dave. Do no. something. All right. No. Um, let's move on to our next story, which is Blink-182. So Mark Hoppus said that the new Blink-182 songs sound like, and I'm quoting, they pick up or take off your pants and jacket left off. Uh, siren emojis, Tyler Sharp, everywhere. You know, there were like two huge takeaways from this quote from Mark. Um, first, we have further confirmation that this Blink album is actually being recorded and everything seems to be in motion, you know, which is crazy because like my man Travis Barker's out there like in everything right now, playing in the fever, you know, making records with rappers like that he even has time to do it. It's just right. that guy's a machine. Point two is to me, this feels like in a take off your pants and jacket kind of feels like an appropriate direction for the band at this stage in their career. Like if I were to compare California to one previous Blink album, like what which one it matches up to the most it would be take off your pants and jacket because that's kind of it's the fun record i would almost go more towards self-titled i mean i don't know self-titled was 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 way more emo yeah but 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 it had experimental yeah but california had its emo tracks you know san diego i feel like california was yeah. like a take off your pants and jacket pop punk album, but just right. with a somber tone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. I'm just, 
I'm over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> show me the music. Show me the music. Unless hey, you man. ain't got music to to give to me, just shut the fuck up. Get like like, come on, give me something I can gra- latch on to. I am so sick of the rumor mill from anyone Dude. and anything associated with the Blink camp. And I'm looking great. directly at Tom. But now that Mark is hopping in on the the hype train which dude th- I, we just we've seen this so much dude, throughout what the past four music. fucking this is years great. of of numerous bands we're gonna dude. sound like our old shit okay dude, they're, great they're fantastic yeah I, I, I mean it's cool I, blink's making the, new music we knew this was gonna happen though the we would sound like our old shit thing it, it is cliche but i just think in this case take off your pants and jacket it, it just kind of makes sense when dealing with it in the same sonic space as california you know california being sure. a fun album that was totally somber you could see them making an album like california but maybe let's let's turn up the happy let's make a happy summer album you know more songs like she's out of her mind and stuff like that i could it's just something i could realistically see the band doing i don't know what you're complaining about blink for the normal blink treatment is we get fucking eight years of nothing man like this is great they're already they're already making new music. Like, you know, it seems like since they've cut Tom out of the band, they might they might become a stable thing again. Where it's it's only been two years and, and here they come. Every band member talks. Just do it, man. Like just show me the music. He's, they're doing it. They're doing, it's not ready yet, Tyler. We're still, you know, we're not that far off cycle. I'm just I'm so over the nostalgia it's, hype train. I'm over it. Man, I don't even know what to say to you. <laughs> this is great news, and you are just, you're bringing me down, man. I'm, I'm over it, dude. I'm, I'm sick of these band bros talking out of their ass. But you don't, don't you dare call Mark Hoppus a band. <laughs> okay? That's your band dad. I'm here to get a rise out of you, Matt. It's that working. That is your band dad. <laughs> anyway, your band dad. I am stoked that Blink are making new music. Right, uh, this is one of my favorite bands of all time. And I'm really interested to see where they can go. I like, you know, that Mark is saying here. I take this as a signal. This is going to be a fun record. We're going to we're going to turn we're going to do away with some of the somberness and shit. Maybe we'll get some more states and maybe we'll get some more rock shows as immature as those songs are. I'll take it, dude. I mean, let's do it. Let's bring out the bangers. But uh, until then, I'm done with these hype train narratives, man. It's just (laughs) it's so overdone. And, and, you know, and bands, not enough bands have delivered on these hype train narratives to warrant more bands doing it. You know, like, what's the, when's the last band who said we're going to sound like our old shit sounded like their old shit? I mean, Blink kind of did. <laughs> <You're Like, right. laughs> I mean, this is the one band you got to give that pass to. They were never my band, back, so I'm able it. to be a little bit more aggressive towards them, I guess. <laughs> they, brought, they brought back from neighborhoods. They didn't go back. Um, right. All right, let's move on. Our next story, State Champs released Crystal Ball, the second single from their upcoming third album, Living Proof. This follows the mediocre lead single, Dead and Gone, that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Tyler Sharp, what do you think of Crystal Ball? This is another middle-of-the-road State Champs song. <laughs> it is pretty, pretty unremarkable. <laughs> I... I... I couldn't remember how it sounded the first time I listened to it yeah. <laughs> after I was done. The, uh, it's still not over 100,000 YouTube views. Over a week after its release, it's only at 188,000 on Spotify. 
Like, where's the hype, man? This 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 stuff should be shooting to five hundred thousand, like no problem. At least three hundred thousand. I I just I don't see it. I don't see the hype because the the material isn't there. Like, congrats, state champs fans. You got another got another state champ song. <laughs> That's about all this is. <laughs> Where are you at? What's your score? Uh, I'm at a five out of ten. Ooh. So you you think this is worse than uh, Dead and Gone? Oh yeah, just because of the monotony of it. It's like holy uh, shit! I've heard this song twenty <laughs> times on the past two state champs. I think records. you're just mad. I think you're just I'm mad. Very pissed, man. Um, okay, all right. So to me, this was okay. So this is like way less of a five seconds of summer rip than the last song was to me, and then this feels at least a little more like old state champs to me. Um, <laughs> That's the point. The intro, <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> but like, I was pretty put off by the five sauce thing last week. So the intro in the first verse of this song, I don't know if you got the same effect, but it had me like really fucking worried. Like the production value was questionable, man. Like that first verse, it's kind of like, what's going on? But that chorus has like way more of a kick and a melodic drive to it than the last single. It's more of a traditionalist pop punk, very breezy, good for summer kind of song. I got to point out the good. I like it when Derek hits the higher part of his vocal range in the second part of the chorus. I think like Derek's kind of their secret weapon, his vocal range, and um, it's used sparsely when he goes into those higher ranges. And I think that makes it more special when it does happen. But overall, I am at a 6.8 out of 10. I like it better slightly than the last one, which I think I give a 6.5 out of 10. But, you know, it, it still comes back to like, is this band good at music you know like do they make good music and i just I'm, it's 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 like you said it's right there in the middle like this song didn't hit that check mark on spotify Thank i'm not God. i'm not i'm not gonna revisit this one you know there's it's just it's another what it definitely heck? this just isn't seeming like enough for this band to take the next step in their career what was feldman doing like what did he do in the studio we got we got that feldman kind of esque vibe on the first single even mm -hmm. though that obviously didn't work but this literally just sounds like a b-side from either of the last two state champs records i've heard this song before yeah. it, it, there's there's nothing absolutely nothing new here and when you're yeah, trying it to sounds progress a little janky too like yeah. janky like put together in a weird weird way but like i i think the chorus is solid i've heard it before this is they're just rehashing old material at this point and uh this song this song isn't gonna take them anywhere there's no way that this band moves to where they need to be with no, this think, record at this point i think they're just not good at music man like i think that's 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 just the truth of it we've had to go through you know, um, we're going to go through three words and find out they were never that good. It, it, it's a shame because I, I truly think that this band had potential. Yeah. After the finer things, I was like, wow, okay, this is going to be a pop punk contender. And I was pretty disappointed with uh, Around the World and Back. And now we're here and it's just, you can tell it's over. <sighs> All right. Let's move on to our pop story this week, which is <laughs> Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez released her new single, Back to You. Um, this is the first single since Wolves, her hit with uh, EDM DJ Marshmallow. Tyler Sharp, have you had a chance to listen to Back to You? And what do you think of it? I have. And how many Selena stumbles are we going to go through in her career, man? The I want to hold you when I'm not supposed to melody that is supposed to kind of be that was the angle where they started teasing the song and that was kind of like the hook lyric 
it misses so hard. And uh, is it just me or is there like low key country EDM wave vibes in this it's song? It's not just you. Like it's there, man. And I don't have anything against country EDM, but this isn't what she needed, man. Where the hell's the album? She doesn't need a song <laughs> for 13 reasons why. Like after Wolves, it is time, man. When you heard Wolves, you knew that it was Banger Nation. Like that, you just, you knew that it just fit the current atmosphere so well. This song tries to piggyback off the current EDM pop wave, but I don't think it's a good enough song. Like the melody doesn't cook right. There, there, there's something that doesn't click there. And uh, ultimately, I'm at a 6 out of 10, and I'm pretty disappointed. And it's not getting the streams it needs to right out of the gates. It doesn't have good placement on the big Spotify playlist, and I don't understand why do this now. I think you are very, 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 very wrong on this one, Tyler Sharp. Dude, this song, first off, banger. Let's just Mm -hmm. get that out of the way. And I'm going to go through what I think here. So when I first heard that intro, the acoustic guitar, I was like, yo, dude, are we going Michelle Branch here for a sec? And I was like pretty (laughs) stoked for a minute. I was like, let's go. Let's go. No. Early 2000s, like sad pop rock. I was about it. But then ultimately, you're right. It does. I mean, it turns into, uh, you know, an EDM Avicii rip, essentially that, you know, that mix of, uh, that mix of, uh, you know, strings and the EDM beats. And uh, I actually thought, of, you know, it felt pretty timely given the, um, you know, the recent passing of Vici. And I don't know if that, that made the song resonate more with me, but I just, it was it was good hearing that. And it's got, you know, the typical Vici pre-drop chorus chant, which I, I thought was great. And vocally, she just sounds so good on this song. Um, it's pretty standard, you know, EDM core pop banger. But to me, it, it's her voice here that, that really makes the song like stand out from the pack. It's just it's it's so good. I don't know if this is going to turn into the loop of our next album or not. I think you know they're going to gauge how it goes, but it, it's it's actually seems to be doing really well so far. I got a lot of radio ads. I mean, it, it was at number forty two on radio like a, a couple days after being dropped. It, it's it's attached to the Netflix series 13, 13 Reasons Why, but I think that's more of a marketing thing. Like this song. This song isn't really about that show. This is just another song about Justin and her going back to Justin. <laughs> right, um, for sure. But and all right, keep going. I think it's a. I think it's a really good song. I'm at an eight out of ten. Um, oh. I'm pulling up the song of the summer tracker. Uh, no. For those of you don't know, Tyler and I have the song of the summer tracker, and this is where we throw our songs that we think could be uh, potential songs of the summer. And I think, uh, what do we have in there so far? We have uh, Post Malone's uh, Better Now. Better now. Cardi B's. Uh, I like it. I like it. And I am throwing Selena Gomez back to you. I think it's in the perfect position that it could end up being one of the early songs of the summer. There's potential there. I, I really like this one. Dude, it performed terribly right out of the gate compared to, say, like Ariana's No Tears Left to Cry. Yeah. This song stumbled so hard. Like, if you look at, um, you know, I'm looking through the global top 50 chart on spotify and i don't see it on here interesting I've unless seen, i'm missing it i don't I, see it i mean on it here. just come up and you know it, it's oh no it, we'll okay see. so it's sitting at 22 right now on the global there top you go. 50 chart. and i mean it, it got a lot of radio ads and it, it it's gonna happen it's a selena song like, i think I, no, either not. way dude either way no matter what it's gonna be in the top 20 i guarantee you that at radio and it's gonna get played it's gonna bump but it's a question of whether or not it's going to be a hit. 
And I think it is. I think she's going to, they're setting her up for another It Ain't Me. It's kind of what she did the other summer with that song. I, oh, I'm so against you. You really think that I want to hold you when I'm not supposed to Melody's good. I love it, man. Or the, um, what's the line she It has? doesn't flow heart, right. Something about my heart breaks in two, but when it comes back together, it still beats for you. Like, same. Hashtag oh, relatable, so man, my dude. God. So good. Get that she's great. shit And vocally, here. he's on point, dude. This song, dude, she says just as cheesy of shit in Wolves, and you're fine with it because it's Marshmallow. Come on, man. No, dude, get out of here. Dude. Obviously, Marshmallow adds to the track, but that's a banger. Like, the melody just cooks in there. It, 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 there's also something, a banger. There, no, it's cracked here. There, there's is, a crack in the Selena is, armor here. Selena Gomez is continuing the streak. We started with It no, Ain't Me. No. We went to Wolves. Well, actually, we, we did It Ain't Me, and then we went to uh, that other fucking really Back good song. To, uh, no, Fetish. Fetish, yeah. I love that dark pop one. And then we went to we went to It Ain't uh, Wolves, and now we are here. And um, It's not it's not going to cook, man. There's no I think it's gonna, man. Way. This is going right. to take it like all summer just to get to uh, 100 million plays on Spotify. You know, Wolves is already at 463 million. It Ain't Me's got 708 million. I think this one's going, man. No, the banger. No, we. Eight out of ten. I, I am. Banger. I have drawn my line in the sand. We are going to come back <laughs> to this. We are going to come we back have, to this. Well, the thing with the song of the summer tracker. Um, what Tyler and I do is at the end of the summer we go and we 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 unbiasedly look at what was the song of the summer, and then we look what we've thrown in our tracker and see if any any of us hit the mark. So you know, I've thrown one in there. We'll see what happens. We will continue with Song of the Summer Tracker, and because um, that's always to figure out what was the Song of the Summer. Anything else, Tyler, you want to add on Selena Gomez? It's a miss. <laughs> it's a hit. <laughs> Banger Nation. Get out of here. No, Banger that Nation. is, there are no sirens for this song. Banger Absolutely Nation. not. All right, I'm going to let you have the last word. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, Dance Gavin Dance at the Disco have released their oh. new song, Son of Robot. The second single from their upcoming eighth album. Shit, man, this fans put out eight albums. That's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Artificial selection, um, dude. Tillian and the sparkling Brendan Urie jacket, dude. It's all deadly, man. It's all deadly. He's it's out there deadly. slaying, dude. dude out there it's like, slaying. what are they like? Magician core now? Like it's so deadly, dude. Absolutely. It's so fucking shimmering and great. Um, I'm gonna start. Do you like this better than Midnight Crusade? No. I do not. This is a really solid Dance Gavin Dance song. I truly stand by it when I say that I don't think this band would put out bad material. But this is not, um, it's a much more experimental song, I'll say, within the Dance Gavin Dance, the current Dance Gavin Dance Tillian canon. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. Feels like it's missing that key melody uh, to keep people coming back, like that key hook that really brings you in, like when he belts out the chorus on uh, the first single. But I love the continuation of the robot with human hair saga, even though, you know, like it, the robot with human hair died literally two albums ago. <laughs> and they still kept it going on with uh, prequels and sequels and stuff like that. So overall... Solid Dance Gavin Dance song. Little disappointed. I'm still so excited about this album, and I'm so stoked to see those first week numbers, man. I'm at like a 7.3 out of 10 on okay. this one. Okay. What about so, you? 
you know, they're having fun. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Right. Like, this is a fun song. They're kind of all over the place. But, you know, eh. Like, I just I just can't with this band anymore. And you know that. Like, it, it, it's another Dan Scavadent song to me at the end of the day. And I actually really do. Like, I love Tillian's vocal melodies, like, on that chorus. It's great, man. What? Like, he's vocally crushing it here. Like, he sounds better than ever, you know. But the band's, the band's fucking formula is just so tired, you know. I just, I don't know... Like, this shit was cool in 2008, and it felt tired in 2012. And now, I just, I don't even know what to think of it. Like, dude, do we gotta have the same exotic guitar lead in every song? Like, every time, we have to have the same sound from the band? It Tropical, feels, post-hardcore? But, but, I'm just, it's like, that's they're a great so way to niche it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love that, I love that. But, um, let's do something it, different, it, you know? No, but it, 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 it has felt different every Tillian album. Okay. If you're in the trenches for this band, it has genuinely felt different every album. And, I think you, you need know, to dive a little harder into the into the Tillian era. I can't, man. Um, <laughs> no, and what's funny to me, though, is with all the success they're having, you know, which is great, it kind of feels like they could be ready for, like, their Portugal the Man moment almost. Oh, my but they're, God. They're just so damn niche You know what I mean? They really, like, are their own genre that... that, that they kind of block themselves from that happening. But I feel like, you know, if BMG, you know, sort of saw something there and, and maybe like, can they just drop the screams and like, maybe it's time to drop the screams. Like I feel like Tillian's voice is strong enough to carry this band. Like let's drop the screams. Let's drop the formula, the same formula every time. And don't, let's, let's don't. let Tillian carry this band and let's see if they can have their Portugal the man moment. Like don't I can and do my man John mess no. like that, man. He don't I'm need to sorry. be out of a they're job. Good, they're, good, they're good screams and all, but like it's just let's try something new. I don't know. You know, that's this is coming from someone who was sick of this band in 2011. You know, so I am just, uh, you know, I'm just at this point with this band. I just, you know, I'm super glad they're having success. As I've said, I just. It all sounds the same. Yeah, you jump ship, and they kept doing what they do best, and they've grown to the biggest they've ever been. So, we'll we'll see what happens after this record. We we might see a little of a, a bit of a uh, bit of. A, I don't I'm want sure to say the record's going to do great. I mean, they're going to continue it's, it's, to do great. It's going to do they're, great off the good graces. Talented band of and right. It's going to do good. Fans off, love them. I think it's going to do good off of the good graces from the last record. Um, I. I'm not worried yet about the longevity of this cycle, but I think if they, you know, if they could keep it rolling for the next two years or or shit, like a year later, they'll probably have another record to put out. You know, you're right. Like BMG step in. Let let's let's do an alt radio single. Let's make a single. That's what I'm saying. Tillian's voice is just so goddamn good. Like that's all I took away. That's what I mostly took away from this song. And it's just like, let's, Let's try something. For sure. Um, I'm all for it. I'm all for that experimentation. But uh, they're just, don't... They're, you know, don't, they're their own genre. They really are. Don't be are, taken though. away from my boys, man. Don't be don't <laughs> be dissing on my John Mess over there, the man. There's no diss. There's no diss. It's just, you know, fucking eight albums, man. <laughs> like the same goddamn you, you, No, man. This is not... No. This is not state oh, champs God. here. This is not state champs it's here. It's not state champs. These are talented musicians that have done the same talented thing, like, for eight albums. But they've managed just... to reinvent themselves every record in a different oh. way. You're just not looking deep enough. It's just, <laughs> scream, tropical guitar, sing. Scream, <laughs> oh, tropical guitar, sing. <laughs> it's the same shit, man. Um, oh. 
Okay. Uh, did I get my score? I Do I have a did. score? Do you have a score on this I'm at song? I'm a 6.5 out of 10. You know, it, I'm waiting for that 7. Maybe they'll maybe they'll throw a curveball. Oh my you know, god. This is thing. This is where we're at at the scene. I'm waiting for that 7. <laughs> <laughs> Dark time in the scene, man. Okay. Oh, man. Um, did you see Panic of the Disco play on Ellen? I did. And Brendan Dude. coming in hot with the wow performance, man. Brendan is becoming one of Ellen's favorites. Can you tell? Like, she's I, stoked I, every I time he comes. I think Fallon's getting jealous over there, man. Yeah. Dude, Ellen <laughs> is, like, all out of it, dude. Let, let's talk they, about this, man. Okay, so they did the new single, Pray for the Wicked. Um, which you and I were pretty lukewarm on mm. when it came out. We were kind of eh, dismissive of it. But, you know, mine and Tyler's opinion aside, which, you know, sometimes mine and Tyler's opinion doesn't fucking matter. The song's doing really <laughs> well, you know, at Alt Radio. It's sitting at number seven. I mm. hear it all the time on Alt Radio. Um, it's still outside the top 40, but not bad as a single for a launching, sort of like a launching pad for your album campaign. Um, it's doing right. good. But, mm. um, great performance like the dude is the greatest showman you know <laughs> dude is a pure entertainer he's smashing tables on ellen he's breaking glasses um it was just great you know to see brendan in full brendan mode again it was also uh cool to see the new bassist nicole jamming out mm-hmm. she looks great sorry I- down I, <laughs> I loved the way that they mix solo Brendan with the band. You know, yeah. the first half of the performance. I like was, I like seeing Nicole up there. She looks great. Absolutely. You know, it, the first half of the performance, we had Brendan at the disco. Second half, we had a full band again. And I love that they are they're managing to incorporate the balance of the two. Um, because they did make a big deal about ushering in a new member. I'm glad that they didn't do all of that for the press and then just be like, okay, it's still just Brandon. <laughs> so the, uh, the performance made me enjoy the song while I was watching the performance, but then listening to the recording afterward, I'm still back to where I was when it dropped. I, there's just, yeah. I don't, there was something w- about watching him just it, like go, go for the fucking gold man during right. that performance where it's like, did I miss it? Did I really miss it on this song? But when I went back and watched it again, the song really fades into the background. You're Truth. not focusing it's, on the song when you're watching this. It's more about Brennan's performance. Yeah, it would have been way, if he had been doing this performance to Hallelujah. It'd have been like hell yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like turn up. Uh-huh. But the song, yeah, I, I don't know though, man. I think he might like win over some of those like you know the stay at home moms like oh, who watch it. Dude. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. up there in the audience with all the moms. Like he went into the crowd and. I think Brendan has like potential in like that Adele sort of way to win over an older audience. You know, just to say that, man. Yeah, just the sort of Sinatra thing he's doing. Oh man, yeah. So interested to see and slightly concerned to see where this this new album cycle goes. Right. uh, I just it was such a great show, and I wish the music stood up to it. But like, if there's longevity a couple cycles down the road for Brendan, I just think. It sounds crazy, but, like, there's a potential to pivot towards, like, Grammy bait for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Adele is Grammy bait. There, yeah. there, There is a way for Brendan to pivot to be Grammy bait. Like, he, he's, just he's a couple steps away. Right. He's just got to get the emo hosed off him. Oh, Everybody's yeah. Everybody's got to forget about all that. Oh, yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, before we go, let's hit the story real quick, because this story's fucking crazy mm-hmm. so they used filed a restraining order against former guitarist 
Justin Shikowski, also a founding guitarist of the band Seosin. So first off, to see TMZ reporting on the used mm-hmm. in 2018, just wow. Like, holy shit. What a weird take me back to 2004 moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck, man? Did not feel like 2018. No, and you know, we've known that Justin's been kicked out of the band for mm-hmm. some time now. I know the band just announced it officially, but we've known. And we've heard some pretty, we've heard about some pretty bad blood between the band and Justin, but I had no clue it was at this level. Not at all. To go through the story, and and this is all allegedly, um, Mm -hmm. this is all coming from the story. Allegedly, Justin, who is you know their replacement guitarist, he from Sayosin, he threatened retaliation against the band, and he allegedly threatened to kill himself at one of their shows. This is crazy, and this is at the same time the band are also facing a major lawsuit from founding guitarist Quinn, who Justin replaced. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like what fuck is going on he's suing them for like over like hundreds of thousands of dollars in royalty payments and um you know that was bert's like true best friend back in the day quinn so they're being sued by quinn justin the replacement for quinn is now threatening to hang himself allegedly at their show or something i don't even know what's going on um one of the texts that justin allegedly sent the band was those fucks ruined my life and stole my creative work and to that i say you mean the canyon the worst used album of all time. Let him keep it, guys. Oh, like, if he's no. serious about it, give that shit back to him. That is a terrible record, Bert. You don't need it. Like, oh my god, if this guy is this upset about the fucking canyon, give it back. I wasn't gonna go there, but now that we're like, here. <laughs> like, like, you know, and I don't want to make any joking matter. This guy might be mentally ill or what, but like the canyon, like, holy shit, guys, let, let him keep it. The canyon made our episode, our list of the worst albums of 20, 2017, an abysmal outing. Easily by, the worst used album. I mean, below the far. ground. Like, just terrible. Just easily. By like, far. Those songs are barely cohesive. Um, Yeah, this was so bizarre, man. And I got... When I read this story, I, I haven't been, you know, like, paying attention to the used full on for a long time. So I got this guy confused with Quinn, who was also, you know, like you said, who was also suing him. <laughs> you just thought it was... I thought it was the same guy. <laughs> it was funny that uh, justin's even in this band you know because absolutely um, you know that's one of mine and your favorite bands and and justin is a a big a big part of seosin i mean his guitar work in seosin is defining you know of their sound you know his I... lead guitar and it, this this kind of behavior like brings into question what does it say about him and seosin oh. like can mm-hmm. seosin allow this guy to be in their band anymore you know if he's gonna make these kind of threats and i gotta point out justin has been super quiet about all of this to the point where it makes me nervous even talking about it so mm-hmm. we can probably expect a huge lawsuit from him coming at the use after this because the dude has not said a word mm-hmm. since came out it's just crazy because i just always remembered like i think i've met him and i just always remembered him as just the chill dude from seosin so you know two sides to every story i guess but wow this was a crazy one yeah i remember i was still at ap when he made the move to the used and i was like oh my god are we about to get this crazy post hardcore record from the used again 2003 coming back hard Uh baby you know what i mean like yup i was all ready for it and then we got the canyon (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the worst. 
<laughs> oh, the scene just Uh-oh. won't stop, man. The scene just will not stop. Some days I can't get over it. We're out of time, Tyler, but I just want to end on like a lighter, happier note. Did you see Paramore play Rose Colored Boy on Colbert? How is this going to end on a happy note, man? I like Haley. Okay. Haley's nice. <laughs> Haley's a nice thought to end the show on. Can we at least just, let's just end on Haley. Oh, wow. Was Haley supposed to be, like, soaking wet, like, water dumped on her in this performance? Or was was she just supposed to be really oily? I think it was was supposed to resemble sweat, like she was in the middle of an anxiety attack. This, uh, I'm not going to go any further. (laughs) You know, Rose Colored Boy is not the single that is going to save the failure that was after laughter, but it is more enjoyable than Justin from the used and Sayosin threatening the used. So absolutely. I would like to leave you listeners just with the thought. <laughs> um, go check out Paramore performing on Colbert. Um, it was it was okay. Um, <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. That is it for the show this week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, please go take the time to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us those five stars and we will love you. If you have any questions for the show, write us at notescene at gmail.com and we will happily answer your question on the show. Till then, see you next week.